Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 131. My name's Steven, spelled with a PH and an A, joined by the other dude behind CanadianGameDevs.com. Steven, but with a PH and an E, just to be different so we don't confuse you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Steven. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. CanadianGameDevs.com is, of course, supported by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash devs. So back us there for special access to a Patreon-only channel on our Discord, early access to this podcast, shoutouts at the end of every episode, and sometimes we do giveaways of extra game keys we've got or, um, you know, stuff like that. Discounts, a lot for, of fun. discounts for events and stuff. Exactly, and the knowledge that you are helping us keep our Squarespace account open. Um, <laughs> if you want to check that out again, KeenGameDevs.com, or... Er, Patreon.com slash KeenGameDevs. All right, Steve, we're about two weeks lapsed here, and we've been telling the folks on Twitter why, and their understanding, of course, they're all really nice. We lost the first episode due to computer issues, and life got in the way of the second episode, but we're back, and we've got two weeks' worth of news and events to dish out to the wonderful people listening to this show. Are you ready? I can't wait. All right, let's start with events. Um, someone in our Discord plugged the uh, Business Builder iLunch being put on by Interactive Ontario, sponsored by the Canada Media Fund and Ontario Crates. Um, two great resources for people who want to make games in Ontario and across the country. Um, so that's happening Thursday, March 5th. That's later this week. Uh, there, it's a two-part thing. So there's the lunch, and then there's a bunch of panels. And you can get tickets for one or the other or both. Tickets range from 25 to 100 bucks, depending on how much access you want. And that'll be at the lecture room at 65 Church Street in Toronto. So you can check that out. I'll throw it up on our site, CanadianGameDevs.com slash events. And yeah, there's going to be some panels with lots of business people, some games industry people talking about how to get your game pitched. Um, the idea was to do this panel and, you know, boot camp and then go to GDC and practice your pitches. But GDC got canceled. So now this has become just... A useful afternoon of how to learning how to pitch your games. Well, it got it got postponed, right? It didn't. Did it get canceled? Oh yeah, that's true. No, it got postponed to summer, but yeah. I don't see coronavirus going anywhere anytime soon, which puts E three and Gamescom and stuff into question. But it's still a useful skill to have, regardless of whether you're of going to Gamescom. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, GDC's not canceled. It's just postponed. But I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> um, are people people are like poo poo on GDC anyways, right? Mostly because of the cost. It's just like it's super- so expensive. They don't yeah. pay their speakers. Everyone has to go to San Francisco and everywhere in San Francisco to stay is super expensive. And a lot of people really don't like going to the United States right now for different reasons. And one yeah. of the big complaints is you know dumping a bunch of money into the United States. So yeah, it's still a very useful event for so many reasons Remy games the studio i work for goes every year um but people want maybe gdc like events elsewhere like game xp summit Ooh. Ooh, another event i'll just plug that one right now that's happening april 8th to 9th being put on by the lovely folks in our discord actually just jason is the only one i know about shout out to jason um, and the Canadian Game Awards will be the two days after. So if you're interested in checking that out, it'll be at They Got the Tiff Lightbox in Toronto. Wow, they went all out. All right, a couple more events. London Game Jam is returning for its third year, Friday, March 6th to 8th, also this week. That'll be at the Innovation Works in downtown London, Ontario. Check out the Eventbrite tickets to that. Uh, the Hand Eye Society's Comics X Games happening at the Toronto Comics Arts Festival, May 9th and 10th. Uh, that's at the Toronto Reference Library. And Iconatopia is at the Riviera Events Center in Vaughan. And that's Thursday, May 14th to 16th. There'll be lots of esports stuff, uh, gaming stuff, um, YouTubers, influencers. Check that out. Iconatopia. Ha. All right, that's it for the events. And if you have an event you want us to plug on the podcast and the site, get in our Discord. We have a bunch of channels specifically for different areas. And plug your event, and we'll, we'll highlight it. Because we want to help. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. We're also here for the news. Got a lot of news to go through. Um, I'm going to go in chronological order from 
latest, as in most in the past news, to presentist news. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> sure. Starting it's usually, with... It's not usually with latest. I guess, I guess late... Yeah, okay, fine. I got it. <laughs> um, Bioware gave an update on Anthem, and they also just recently took away all the Christmas decorations, which is funny. But that's not what this update was about. This is about the many issues people had with Anthem at launch. So in a blog post on Bioware's website, they said that, quote, we recognize there's still fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience, and it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion. So over the coming months, we'll be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards. Um, and that was reported in Kotaku, um, and we got that quote from the Bioware blog update. I didn't play Anthem. You played Anthem at launch, and we're unimpressed. Yeah, actually, I didn't play it at launch. I played a couple. Of oh no, you got it. Yeah, you got it used, right? I got it for like twenty dollars, like three months after launch. That never bodes well. Of, yeah, now it's just part of EA Access. It was fine, but it was at the same time like not fun at all. Um, it and the weird thing too. I was just like, I remember the last time we spoke about this and then like just looking up now, like it's been over a year now since Anthem and it's still kind of just busted. Like by this point, like No Man's Sky was kind of quote unquote fixed. Like it got its big, I think it got its like third big update a year, shortly a year after it came out. So like not only has the game just been very knowingly like garbage this whole time, but they haven't really done anything in the Hmm. year since. Like they haven't, there's been like very few updates i think there was a cataclysm i think it was called event but it was pretty short-lived and pretty uneventful and yeah i don't know i I don't know what they're really doing like part of me thinks they should just cut their losses and just bounce and use the like new you know the ps5 and xbox one or xbox what series x as like you know a reason to just kind of jump ship Mm -hmm. um and just focus on i think they're dragon age four right is the Wait, wasn't Inquisition four? No, Inquisition was three. Was it? Uh, whatever. The next Dragon Age. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, People yeah. are hyped. I know so many huge Dragon Age fans. <laughs> I love Dragon Age. It was awesome. I loved all three of the games. They're they're it's great. Um, so I'm excited. Although a lot of people, you know, are just worried that it's going to just kind of become, you know, sort of an MMO style sort of thing when that wasn't really what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, they didn't fix Mass Effect Andromeda, they just bailed on that, and they're not bailing on Anthem for whatever reason, and it's just kind of like, how long, Mm. like, if they release, you know, and then this next year, before PS5, if they kind of quote-unquote fix it, Mm -hmm. will anyone, like, really even care? Like, I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, man, it's such a bummer. They're all hard at work, they're all hard at work on the Mass Effect trilogy remaster for PS5. That's what I'm putting my chips on how have they never done that i don't know so i like the trilogy on 360 that's how i played it initially um played through all of them it was like i did it all in a month it was great i never played mass effect 3 i liked 3 and then a lot of people and i get this argument sometimes where people are like oh the ending was so bad it like it made the rest of it feel not it like ruined the rest of the experience, but I didn't really get that, but I have gotten that with other things like, um, you know, the last couple episodes of game of Thrones kind of like made me really wonder why I spent all the other time watching their other seasons. Cause, cause of the unsatisfying ending. But with mass effect for me, it was like, Oh, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but like I still really, really enjoyed the rest of it. And it didn't really take that away from me, but I could see how that did for some other people. Yeah. I think the argument in those cases is just like, endings are really hard and it's usually like, the actual ending very rarely pans out, especially for all the stuff that kind of just spans so much like stuff, like mm-hmm. Lost, Battlestar Galactica, like all these things. Like no one really likes the ending, but it's sort of like the final, you know, little bit. The last taste in your mouth, you know. Yeah, exactly. And but then the last season is sort of the ending, or the last like this game, Mass Effect Three itself is the whole ending and and whatnot. I didn't play it. I always wanted to go back and play it, but. Um, I don't know. I just I, I have like thought about picking up on on three or on PS3, but at this point, I'd rather just wait for PS5 remaster. Yeah, like a remaster of all of them, and just 
support them. Like, how could you? How did you not do that? <laughs> so I don't know, man. EA has a such long history of buying studios, making them make kind of crap games, and then they get shut down. And yeah. I could see that happening with Bioware, which would be a huge bummer. Uh, so I mean, I they shut down that Montreal studio after Andromeda. Uh, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, now it's just Bioware. I think Austin, Edmonton, Ed- and Edmonton. Austin. Edmonton, Austin. So, hmm. we'll I see. I don't know, but they're working on something for Anthem. So, don't delete it off your hard drive yet, or do. Next bit of news. Do I have it? I don't think I have it digitally. Like you, you took a picture it. of a disc. I've yeah, seen so, the disc with so your I've, cat. I've, I've definitely <laughs> traded that in, um, and so I, I think I have it as part of EA Access. So, if and when they ever do release like an update, I'll, I'll jump back in, but. Hmm. Not really expecting anything. I did jump back into No Man's Sky after that huge update and still didn't really enjoy it. It is like a first impression is very important no matter what people say. And first impression for Anthem wasn't that great. Yeah, I No Man's Sky I didn't really particularly enjoy, but I think it's just because it's the type of game that I don't really enjoy. Because it's really it's so finicky with its like inventory management shit. Mm. and um and just exploring worlds for the sake of exploring them and stuff like that and i don't know i, I just never i've tried to get back into it like four or five times mm-hmm. and I, every time i'm just like eh like it's not really i don't want to do it mm. and i just bounce so you know what kind of game you do want to get into what's that twin breaker a sacred symbols <laughs> adventure coming from toronto-based indie studio lily mo games is releasing march uh 24th for the ps4 and the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. Oh my God! Will this be the last Canadian-developed PlayStation Vita game? Uh, Probably. No. I know. No? I know one more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Second last potential the, PlayStation um, Vita game from Canada. Canadian actually, developers. Actually, I think we'll talk about the. Well, it'll come up in the news. I'll, I'll mention the next game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> For those who don't know, Twin Breaker: A Sacred Symbols Adventure is. Uh, a sort of Brick Breaker style game um, uh, sponsored by the Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast from co-hosts Colin Moriarty and Chris Raygun. We're helping writing and producing the game. Uh, it'll be $9.99 US, an extremely reasonable price for an independent game. And we'll also have a physical release of 1,000 copies on PS4 and Vita. Uh, follow at Games on Twitter to check out more information as we head up to release. Um, you're excited for this game. You got the platinum in Lily Mo's last game, Hybroxia. I did. Double platinum. Got on Double Vita platinum. And, Vita and PS4. PS4. Delicious. Yeah. I, you excited uh, for this game? Uh, I like Twin Breakers. I'm a, I'm a fan of them. I I don't know if I'll pick this, because like, this comes is that, out... Like, is that like a genre? Uh, twin, like, oh, sorry, Breaker, like Brick Breakers. I oh, said, okay. I, I said I like Twin Breakers. I meant to say I like Brick Breakers. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely enjoy them, but this game comes out like four days after Animal Crossing. Oh, dude, you're right. <laughs> Which, I don't know if I'm going to really feel like picking up anything else up. So I'll play this eventually. Maybe Lily Mo will hook us up. Maybe. I should. We should tweet at them, actually. Yeah, let's well, ask. Not you. You're blocked by Colin, so maybe I'll just... Oh, that's true. Tweet him. I was a patron of his at one point too, so I I could use For that. Sacred Symbols? Yeah, it's leverage. Yeah, when he first announced the uh, PlayStation podcast part. I became a patron because I wanted that right away, and then I then I stopped after a while because I was just like I don't need to pay for this. It's true. <laughs> Who needs to pay for a podcast? Um, <laughs> so support us patreon.com slash There you go. I'll I'll play it eventually. I don't. I doubt I'll play it at launch though. But I liked Tabroxia. Like it was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, it looks but, tight. I'm just watching the trailer here. I like Brick Breakers. And it, he's got a little, there's a little gimmick to it with me, it being a twin breaker or whatever. So it's a little bit different, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I'm down with it. Colin also, you know, he's a writer by nature. Like he, he I don't know, it, like if you know the history of him, he's wrote like, if you go to Game Facts to like Castlevania Mega Man Game, Game Facts guides. Yeah, that's like, how he got started and got hired by IGN. Yeah, exactly. So he's a writer. So I'm guessing the story will, will be pretty pretty deep like decent like there was really no story in hyproxia it was really just like an arcade like retro shooter so uh i'm excited but yeah i doubt i'll pick it up at launch hmm. well check it out on our website for the trailer and follow lily mo games 
Next up, Love from Rocketship Park is coming to Steam 2020. Love is an experimental storytelling game that combines the rich experience of a diorama with puzzles inspired by point-and-click adventures. Love creates opportunities for empathy and reflection, as well as moments of classic head-scratching puzzle goodness. I like moments of head-scratching puzzle goodness. <laughs> you can wishlist the game on Steam right now, and you can go to thatlovegame.com, check it out. Rocketship Park makes mostly mobile games before this, right? Uh, yeah, I think they. I think their first mobile game was one of their, or sorry, their first Steam game was one of their mobile games. I think this is the first. I don't know if it's coming to mobile. Like, it, yeah, he's mostly done mobile stuff. It's it's mostly uh, uh, Shane, uh, whose mm-hmm. last name I'm blanking on, but he's a big Blue Jays fan. Hmm. Um, and I remember him telling me about this game like four or five years ago at a at a game dev drinks in Hamilton, and and just sort of it was sort of like his dream game or like the one i was really passionate about and just need to find the time and resources and money or whatever to to make it a, a reality and so i'm super happy that you know that's kind of happened i'm looking for it on steam right now because I, I didn't know i could wishlist it so you can you can play the little ding even though it's not the official wishlist time i'll play the ding i gotta find it first oh, i could go through the link actually did i link it in the story um yeah you did and it's also in the tweet where they announced it oh sweet okay let me just find it and then I'll wishlist it, and then I'll tell you, and then you can play the thing. I will play the thing. Thank you, Sebastian, also, for the thing we've been using ever since you were on the podcast. Um, I think the game looks pretty cool. I like... It's given me... Did you ever play the Gardens in Between? Gardens in Between? That, it rings a bell. I definitely didn't play it. It rings a bell. I'm not sure if I even like can remember it. It's given me those kind of vibes, but with a very different art style. Yeah. Lots of time travel. It's the time travel that's doing it for me. I have wishlisted. Delicious. If you want to, if you want to find it on Steam, by the way, you gotta search "Love: A Puzzle Box Filled with Stories" because if you just search "Love," you get a lot of animation. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I've had those filtered out for a while. Oh, you can you can do fil- you can filter out stuff. Yeah, I think I filtered out anime, <laughs> uh, visual novel, and uh, <laughs> dating sim. I think, but there are a couple of visual novels and dating sims that are kind of funny that i want to check out like later daters from bloom digital that's coming out april 16th um but i'm going to talk about that in the wish list this segment for now i want to go through a couple more quick bits of news inscription was announced recently from the pony island creator daniel mullins if you haven't played pony island it's a really really messed up kind of spooky horror ps1 aesthetic with weird it's weird it's really cool though it was on game pass that's where i played it i don't know if it's still on game pass so don't take my word for that but it's also on steam and humble and everywhere and it goes on sale all the time so check out pony island but their next game uh from the creators of pony island and the hex comes the latest mind-melting self-destructing love letter to video games inscription is a narrative focused card-based odyssey that blends the deck building roguelike escape room style puzzles and a psychological horror into a blood-laced smoothie. That's a good game description, oh Steve. We talk a lot on here and read a lot of game descriptions. That's a good game description. Darker still are the secrets inscribed on the cards. That's a good game description. Shout out to Daniel Mullen. Follow at Games on Twitter. The project is currently only announced for PC, um, and they've said tentatively 2021, um, but still super cool. Go check out... The news on our site, all the screenshots are super messed up. It looks weird. It looks really weird. But I'm here for it. And I want to go back and play The Hex, which is the first game he made and released um, before Pony Island. And, uh, yeah, it looks weird. What do you think? You seen these screenshots? I'm just looking at them now. It does look weird. Oh, man, I, I, it looks I, so I weird. Yeah, I'm down with this, though. I don't think any of their projects have come to anything but PC. So probably... Won't. And if it does, it'll always be like six, eight months later coming to Xbox, Switch, PS4. Um, but that's okay. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this gets scooped up by Epic or something like that. That would be yeah, pretty I wonder. Hype. I haven't heard, uh, speaking of which, I haven't really heard of like Epic doing that too much lately. Like, I Well, they like... actually ditched oh. the uh, Bloodroots from uh, that Montreal-based studio, I forget, which just came out this week. Oh. That just came Epic. out. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that was yeah. Epic exclusive? That was Epic. Four Gone from Big Blue Bubble in London. The Singing Monsters. Be, yeah, that, that'll team. also be in our, in our wish list, though. 
It will, and that's also epic. So they've been scooping a couple of Canadian high-profile indies. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, you never know. If that happens, I'm gonna take full credit for it. Uh, so check out <laughs> the description, uh, and yeah, look, peep those screenshots. Follow them on Twitter. By the way, uh, I know we I know we bring this up quite a bit whenever we just kind of talk about Epic. Inner Space is the free Epic game right now until March 5th. So I'm gonna just. Oh, and Goner's next week. Goner's great. Have you tried Goner? No, haven't. In fact, I, I think haven't. I Goner's like the first like... rogue light because we were oh, talking really? about likes and lights. Yeah, yeah. This is the first one I remember, and I actually interviewed the developer um, on my 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 old blog back when I was in school, um, and he's really cool. And uh, yeah, published by Raw Fury, who's also publishing Backbone, that Vancouver raccoon detective game that we oh, talked yeah. about a while ago. So yeah, they're they're picking up indies too. All the Canadian indies are just getting scooped. There you go. Speaking of what, I so um, I read today. I think there's an article on Kotaku about how Google is not giving indies enough like money and incentives to release their games on Stadia, and that's why like Stadia still to this day only has like <clears throat> pardon me twenty or twenty four games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is interesting because that's like how you know the Wii U and like stayed relevant like was just clinging on to indies and stuff and like the switch is just like an indie machine so it's so weird that like google i know i'm going off a tangent right now but like mm-hmm. google hasn't uh like didn't realize that what what do you use like the split not high enough like it's normally 70 30 yeah i don't know if they even really let's see i mean I, they do different a... things for different like they have different agreements like that's what apple arcade was doing like they had agreements with the bigger studios like Sega and stuff, but then also all the indies that got on there, like Grindstone from Cappy. Yeah. So as reported by Business Insider, many developers have explained that one of the biggest reasons indies have mostly stayed away from Stadia is the lack of financial incentive from Google. One executive at a publishing company described the amount of money that Google was offering to them so as, quote, so low that it wasn't even part of the conversation. Another indie dev described how plat- how most platform owners like Microsoft and Epic offer upfront incentives to entice developers and publishers to create or release games on their stores. But with Google Stadia, the incentive was, in the words of that dev, quote, kind of non-existent. Wow. And Google would be the one to shell out. I mean, they built a whole studio in Montreal to just make AAA first-party games. So I guess they're hedging all their bets on that. I, yeah, I guess. Like... Because I think Jilt or Guilt or whatever is still the only sort of like, indie exclusive. Ex- I think it's the only exclusive on the on the thing. So hmm. um, actually, this looks like an indie game. So maybe not <coughs> this uh, Spit Spitlands. I don't know what this is. I'm just oh Stadia. I still when will it ever be good? Never probably. Sorry, I went on a tangent there. I just that's okay. It was indies. an interesting tangent. Yeah. yeah. It's on Kotaku. I, well, actually, that's pretty much the only interesting article. Then it just kind of shits on Stadia for the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, sh- Stadia shits on Stadia. <laughs> that's true. Um, speaking uh, of Canadian indies, Steve, they bleed pixels. It's coming to Switch. Ooh. This 2D pixel platformer, originally released in 2012, it's coming to Switch later this year. Uh, Toronto-based developer Spooky Squid who also is working on Russian Subway Dogs, which I've been seeing for years. When is that game coming out? It's out on Steam. and this It's is not actually, PS4 yet. Yeah, exactly. And this is okay. actually the last Vita game, I think. Because huh. he, he's mentioned, uh, Miguel mentioned that it's still coming to PS4, Vita, and Xbox. Xbox One. That's and crazy. Sure that game looks great. I played that game at Ga- Gamescom 2017 at the indie booth. Oh, really? Yeah, I think. It was either that or PAX that year. But... Yeah, and then I was like, oh, this is lit, and it it's 2020 right now, and it's still, well, I guess it's out on Steam, but yeah, I, that's that would be an instant scoop for me. It was so much fun. But, they bleed pixels. As an anonymous student at the Lafcadio Academy for Troubled Young Ladies, you must battle through your nightmares to defeat a curse that's slowly transforming your body into a clawed, demonic form. Come to Switch. Check it out. Follow Spooky Squid on Twitter and Miguel. Lovely. That's, like a, that's like a classic like Canadian indie game. Like that game came out, I think a long like a while ago. That's the same time as Guacamelee was coming out. Let's see, they believe Pixels. The release date on on Steam was yeah, twenty twelve. So delicious. Long time ago. Last bit of news today before we move on to wishlist this. Um, below from Capybara is coming to PlayStation Four with yeah. a free expansion 
on all the other platforms to the explorers i think expansion um below is great i played that was below is the reason i got game pass initially because they did the promotion it was like in a month for a dollar yeah and then cappy was like below is launching uh exclusively on console for game pass i was like oh well i guess i gotta get game pass uh and it was great it's my favorite roguelike i think is pretty safe to say I'm I, I'm super excited. So I I <clears throat> I did download it. and I played actually the most I've ever played of it was at E3 in twenty whenever that was seventeen or whatever, um twenty eighteen whatever the Zelda one was, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's the most I've ever played of it. I downloaded it when it was on Game Pass, but I had issues streaming that night, and I I ended up just never like returning to it. So I'm super super pumped. To kind of Excellent. Play. Actually, I want to. I want to see if there's been an update because they didn't say. Did they even say it was this year? They just just said this year, right? They just said it's coming, um, yeah. but I'd imagine that's pretty soon. I really liked Below. I definitely recommend turn the lights off, put some headphones on, because the soundtrack is astounding and the sound design is really really tight. Yeah, light a candle to add to the ambiance because the whole <laughs> point of the game is like it gets really really dark and you need to like keep your torch lit. But you can also use light for other things, so it's like a gotta make a split decision there and uh yeah when you die you, you feel it but the oh it's so good it's below so good i can't recommend it enough i'm excited i wanted to, i'm it'll be a day one for sure excellent how, how much wait how much is it on uh, xbox at least i don't know because it was game pass so i didn't even see like a checkout yeah. can you even buy it on xbox yeah you have to be able to yeah because i don't even think it's part of game pass now and usually on game pass I see this on pc at least on game mm-hmm. pass you can like download it for free, or you can buy it for a discount. Mm, that's true. Right okay. now, it's twenty four ninety nine Canadian on Xbox. Yeah, true. Right. That's fine. It only has forty reviews, four stars. We need to bump those numbers up. Everyone okay. listening, buy below, I, give it a five. I don't know how many people review games on the stores. Came out December fourteenth, twenty eighteen. Yeah, I remember that because that was like it was the night of my last exam. Like I wrote my exam, came home, turned the lights off, played below. It was amazing. Oh, man. Oh, so good. But that's it for the news. And before we move into wishlist, this we need to highlight some jobs, Steve. There oh, are right. a lot of jobs on the site right now. So if you are listening to this, thinking, "Damn, I wish I could get paid to make video games," do I have some job postings for you? First up, Pixelmatic is looking for a senior Unity engineer and a lighting artist. Um, so you can apply on the link through our site or just search at Pixelmatic Jobs to go there. Uh, check out also our interview with Jason Lee over at Pixelmatic. That's in our features section. Stitch Media is looking for a technical artist and Unity developer. Uh, so fill out the survey on our site to apply for those. Clipwire Games is looking for a 2D mobile game UI artist and a lead programmer. Certain Affinity in Toronto is hiring a whole bunch of positions. Gameplay programmer, senior gameplay programmer, lead designer, and a couple more I think they posted since we updated this list. Um, and they're they're pimping it in our Discord too. And Canuck Play is looking for a senior Unity gameplay developer, uh, Unity game developer, Unity technical animator, and a QA tester. So if you want to be part of the team behind Doug Flitty's Maximum Football 2020, now available on store shelves, the 2019 one, uh, you should apply to Connect Play. Jobs at Connect Play. All the positions are on their Peterborough, Peterborough office, so you have to be able to get there. And by the way, if you want to get in the industry and you're like me and, you, and you're a talentless slob, QA tester is basically like the first kind of... The rung on the ladder. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so all, basically for QA tester, you got to be good at like documenting things. Mm-hmm. And, and recreating. Because yeah. if you find a bug and can't recreate it, it's totally useless. Exactly. And so if you're interested in just kind of getting in the industry, I remember when Ubisoft opened up their studio in 29 or so in, in here in Toronto. I remember my friends and I like applied for QA testing because we were still like in school at that time. Um, that's like, that's the, that's the way you kind of get in. So even if you kind of look at those and you're like, oh, I'm not a developer, I'm not a union guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm making dreams. How, when will dream jobs come up? That's soon. Mm. <laughs> um, then you can, uh, and QA testing is the way to go. Definitely. Check all those out on our site. Um, it's on the main page. So just go to kingunibs.com. Now we're going to move into my favorite segment of the show, Wishlist This. This segment was inspired by how often Brett and Steve would wishlist things just while I was talking about them. So I made this segment 
where we're going to highlight three upcoming Canadian games that you can wishlist now, right now, the second you're hearing this. Um, first up, Later Daters from Bloom Digital in Toronto is coming April 16th, 2020 to Steam, and you can wishlist it now. Quote, <clears throat> Later Daters is a visual novel dating sim set in a retirement community. Play as an octogenarian and find somebody to love so you don't die alone. Or just get your kicks in while the getting is good. Remember, <laughs> if the chairs are rocking, don't come a-knocking. Oh, this man. game has the best trailer I've seen in a long time. It's very, very funny. It's very wholesome. And it's, got, it's given me Dream Daddy vibes. You know that dating sim where you're a bunch of dads? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's giving it's giving me those vibes. Looks great. Um, you can wish list now on Steam. Is it on your wish list, Steve? It is. Perfect. Um, next up, Wheel of Fate from UDX Interactive. It's coming to early access, spring twenty twenty. Quote, Wheel of Fate is a turn-based RPG offering a dynamic gameplay experience. It uses AI technology to create massive replayability. <sighs> The wheel mechanic creates boundless possibilities as the world and the very fates themselves change around you. We talk a lot about game descriptions. It's very important to be able to sell your game. I don't know what it uses AI tech to create massive replayability. Like, uh, that doesn't tell me anything. Um, not to be super critical, UDX, if you're listening. But I can tell from this trailer that what you're trying to say is... Actually, I can't tell from this trailer. I'm not sure. The game looks weird. Um, it's on Steam, Early Access, coming spring 2020. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing, uses AI technology, I'm guessing it's, it's sort of like basically, uh, randomly, like, like not randomly generated, but like procedurally generated. Yeah, exactly. Generated content in terms of the levels and, and stuff like that. So. Okay, okay, I'm in the Steam description, and it says, The artificial intelligence acts as the dungeon master, where it can change the ambient environmental effects, parts of the story, and random events as you play through the game. Um, So I think that's where the replayability comes in, Mm. is like, as you're doing things, there's this AI sort of like DMing for your your roleplay experience here. So there you go, that's a better description. I would have tossed that in the the top description. I'm down with that, Um, I like that. Turn-based combat, um... With the wheel spinning through the game, you can expect an altered story every time you play. So yeah, check that out on Steam. Add it to your wish list. Is it on the wish list, Steve? It is. Perfect. Uh, last game we want to highlight today for your wish list. Pleasure Foregone from Big Blue Bubble. Uh, it's coming 2021 to Steam, but you can pre-purchase on Epic. Oh, actually, you, just purchase. It's you can out. Just purchase now. Yeah, it's out. I think it's still, it's not early access on Epic, is it? Uh, I don't see anything about it being early access, but I do see a buy now. Hmm. Okay. So if you're a Steam blowhard, you can wishlist on Steam. Or if you're okay having two icons (laughs) on your desktop, like a sane person. (laughs) And and Epic doesn't have a wishlist feature, so it's kind of a weird inclusion. But I wanted to to highlight it anyway. Um, Yeah, check that out on the Epic Store it's twenty four ninety nine US, so it'll be like a little over thirty bucks Canadian from Big Blue Bubble. My singing monsters. All my cousins played my singing monsters. I know all those sounds so much. Every Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays, those sounds, Steve, dug into my ears. Um, a lot of people is like we're um when I was at EGLX, I was right next to them at our booth for Remy Games, and <laughs> the amount of people who walked up in the trailer started, they were like, "Oh, it's Dead Cells." And the guy was like, no, like, <laughs> I, I feel bad because you, you see it and you're like, oh, it's Dead Cells. But it is different. It's a 2D action platformer packed with legendary loot and stunning pixel art. Collect an arsenal of powerful weapons and unravel a compelling story of regret and conspiracy as you slice your way through the hordes of enemies to save Caligan. I don't think it's because Dead Cells is a roguelike where you die and restart and everything's procedurally generated. I think this is just... Like a linear. I'm saying anything on there about it. Yeah, I think I think it is just a. They say it's a hybrid action platformer looter, narrative-driven gameplay. Um, collect weapons, challenge enemies in intense boss fights, and a branching skill tree with customizations. Fluid 3D to 2D pixel art and animation. Yeah, I think this is linear, so that's where it's definitely different from Dead Cells. The art is gorgeous. By the way, I lied about the early access thing. There's nothing 
there like the only thing that says early access is the little kind of icon for the game itself says foregone early access Hmm. on epic but everything else like not even the icon you would click when you search it i mean like beside the buy now thing Mm -hmm. it just says early access nothing else on it though says early access it's not like a big highlighted section like it oh you're right like the game the game like master art thumb thing says early yeah. access yeah exactly but it's not like you know on steam you see you know instantly it's early access and it says like why is it early access and like there's a roadmap want. yeah exactly but this is just it's like something they could forget to change really <laughs> hmm. all right well check that out and let us know what you think follow big blue bubble give them some love um is it on the wish list steve is it on the steam wish list or are you are you thinking it's going to be an epic purchase uh, it definitely won't be an epic purchase, but it's okay. on the Steam wish list, that's for sure. Perfect. Although, is, it, didn't we uh, figure out last time it's actually coming to like PS4 and stuff, too? Did we? Foregone? Maybe. It, it looks like it would be a good console game. Yeah. Well, that's Are we going to flip the Switch? Yeah, exactly. It's just, they just have to flip the Switch. Just so you save as... Yeah, it says PS4, Xbox One on the site. There you go. Um, but not yet. All right, that's it for Wishlist This. Um, again, if you want us to highlight your upcoming Canadian made game, unlike that one sneak in our discord, who's not actually working from Canada, but just hangs out. I'm just kidding. You're not a sneak. Um, yeah, hey, there's there that done your research. There. I could have done more research and I didn't, but that's okay. I think that was metal wolf or something. And there are packs this weekend. Um, but yeah, Canadian made, even if you're a Canadian living abroad, hit us up. We want to highlight your game. Now we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Um, I'm gonna let you go first, Steve. It's been three weeks, and I assume you played Dreams every night for those three weeks. Oh, I wish. Uh, <laughs> for a little bit, I did. Um, yeah, so I played. Uh, I guess the new games, like I, I played Dreams, mm-hmm. which is you. Did you play it at all? I know you. Yeah, it yeah. I got I got through a couple hours of the t- like. There's so much tutorials, which makes sense because it's there essentially is. a game engine. There's but I played through about two or three hours of the. Because at the beginning it says, do you want to play Dreams or make Dreams? I did the Making Dreams tutorials. Right. So it's it's awesome. My friend mm-hmm. is just like super in love with the game. Like he's just, I think he's like quitting his job. Not sort of joking. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's not worth it. But he's, yeah, he's going really ham into it. I was for a while too. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to like play it. And plus I got sidetracked with Bioshock. But it's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Like, it's so powerful. There's so much stuff you can do. Like, it's pretty easy to kind of make some pretty simple things too. Mm-hmm. Like just making kind of a, you know, grassy little area to kind of jump around in and stuff like that. There's a lot of like, you know, a lot of super interesting games on there and you just kind of have to find them. Um, the, the art stream that like, uh, that media molecule made the sort of camp quote unquote campaign, like that is legit. That's a legit game. Like if you took that out of dreams and threw it on the PSN store for like $15 or whatever, it would get nine out of 10s and, and just be like hailed as like a classic. Cause it's, it's really like the, the campaign is super dope and it was made entirely in dreams. And some of the games are, and they even PlayStation like highlighted this like monster kind of uh, like destroy the city sort of. Oh yeah. It was thing. like a Godzilla thing. Yeah. That game, I saw that. That game is really cool too. Like that's a solid, like, game you would just like kind of play every now and then and just try to like beat your high score like there's a lot of sweet magical shit on there um i'm making complete doo-doo garbage but i'm excellent getting a little bit better there are a lot of tutorials i think they do a good job of like teaching you um and guiding you through the things like you know like if you want to be a sculptor if you want to just kind of make different levels or if you want to do these like kind of gameplay and logic stuff or if you want to make music like there's a lot of kind of ways you can kind of go down i think the one thing is you get a little overwhelmed and you think you got to master all of it but not really because mm-hmm. you can just kind of take other people like you could share your own like if you just sculpt like a, a character you just share that with on dreams and people can take it and stuff that's awesome um, yeah so it's it's super super cool um i'm still like nowhere near doing anything interesting in it but i'm super intrigued and i think it's the like a great game to just sort of you know, play, you know, this week, you know, make some things, do a tutorial, and then, the, like, maybe don't play any of the dreams for, like, a week, you know, just work on your own stuff, and then, like, dive in again and see what's there, then wait another week and just dive in again and see what's updated. You could follow creations to see if people, like, update stuff. Like, this, there's this, someone who's making this RPG, like, released a big update, and just, it's 
it's ridiculous all the shit you can do um mm-hmm. i'm having a blast with it uh and then i'm playing bioshock too like i i downloaded it uh bioshock so like t w o or like oh, t o o no, sorry t o o i will get to oh, the okay first. i will get to two uh but i'm playing the first bioshock it's oh, man that game is so good it's like it's just like i don't know well probably one of the best games on last generation like everything about it is just awesome um i don't know if i really say anything super unique or whatever that if you don't know like if you haven't played bioshock yet you probably don't want to play it and uh and whatnot if you played it i'm assuming you liked it or at least could see why people like it because it's just everything about it is just super awesome the world is like the most interesting world ever made um i didn't really like i liked two when i played it i didn't really like infinite at all when i played it i think i'll skip that one i don't think mm-hmm. I'll it. um but i'm excited to get through two because the other thing i didn't play the dlc and apparently the mervin's den i think you've told me this minerva's story. den is tight yeah um so i'm excited to dive into the dlc because i've heard the dlc is just like awesome. did they take the multiplayer out of the collection yeah, they did. Yeah. Thank God, because I couldn't get some of those achievements. So I'll definitely play. I'm playing through two again. I st- we my girlfriend and I beat one last year because she played it but never finished it. And then we're playing through two, but we kind of got sidetracked. But I'd love to finish two and go for all those achievements because I couldn't get those multiplayer <laughs> ones when it came out on 360. Yeah, there's. I'm gonna try to get the platinum in one. There's because you have to beat it on hardest difficulty and you had to beat it without using the vited chambers which is the respawn thing basically yeah but there's that's a, easy because you just save you just yeah, make but, saves well there's also a glitch where you can just like turn on the hardest difficulty at the very end and still count <laughs> so i'm playing mm-hmm. with all the vited chambers like or without the vited chambers like on uh normal or whatever and if i if the glitch doesn't work then that's fine or whatever mm-hmm. but um i'm gonna try to get the platinum in it but two i'm excited to play because one i've played numerous times i've played like this is probably the fifth time i'm playing it Mm-hmm. Um, because I play it on 360, then I play it on my 360, and then I play it on PS3. So this is the fourth time I'm playing it. Bioshock Two, mm-hmm. though, I've only played once, and so I'm I'm excited. Two's underrated. It's yeah. good. It's good. I didn't mind the multiplayer either, but I just didn't play a lot of it. Developed by Digital Extremes in London, Ontario. That's right. Yeah. Um, I liked one a lot. I think, in retrospect, obviously, it's very easy to nitpick. Like the decisions in the game are like, do you murder a little girl or not? And it's like, yeah. it's not really a morality in quotes. Like it's the same thing. Looking back at fall three, like, do you nuke this town full of civilians or not? I'm like, wow, super deep morality choices I get to make here. Yeah. Um, but at the time was, was really tight and really that twist at the end, of course, this is one of the most famous twists in video games. I won't spoil it for anyone if they haven't played it. But it wasn't really cool. I was like, oh, that, that's really cool. Like, yeah. when we finally get to Andrew Ryan's office, that's all I'll say. I really like that scene a lot. Um, yeah, I'm very close yeah. to that scene, too. So, oh, so man. I, I can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah, I... And I remember, I don't remember really anything about 2 when I played it, to be honest. Like, I, I'm looking at my trophy Sophia right Lamb. And, oh, you you start as a big daddy? Just, um, yeah, you play as a big daddy, don't you? It's like... Delta. Delta something. Um, and, like, it, the game opens on the eve, or the New Year's Eve when Rapture falls, and then you get shot in the head, but you survive a little bit. Wait, isn't that the plot of Fallout New Vegas? Isn't it? Yeah, you, at the beginning you get shot, but it just, like, touched your brain or something. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, two two's really good. It's underrated. It's obviously like technically much more impressive than Bioshock. Like you walk under, because um, you got the helmet on. You walk under running water, and like it runs over the front of your thing, and you hear like the ting 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 on the metal. It's really nice. Hmm. I I love it. And Bioshock Infinite was just a mess, but what can you expect? Yeah, I I didn't like Infinite at all. Like it. Rest really, in peace, Irrational Games. It was so disappointing. Like there, it just didn't have. The gameplay wasn't really, like, didn't have any variety to it. The enemies didn't really have any variety to it. Like, you basically mm-hmm. could just kind of zip around the map. But I find you didn't really had, have to do that, like, at all. So it's just mm-hmm. why I even have it. Whereas in one, you you know, if you're fighting a big daddy, like, that shit's legit. You gotta mm-hmm. hack things. You gotta take, do research and all that stuff. Like, it's so good. The old, Like, while I'm playing it, too, the, the world is still, like, super beautiful. But while I'm playing it, I'm just like, man, I wish they kind of did a full remaster and just flushed out the like made the world just better looking because like you can tell its age like at this point Bioshock is like 12 years old 2008 2009 no 2007 no I think it right by 2008 2007 August 21st in North America oh god oh my god so and you can tell by looking at it I mean it still looks great but I think the lighting in that game is 
but now if you look at you know if you play like playing Resident Evil Two from last year, mm-hmm. if you kind of applied those graphics and that and the, what they did with that world and oh that's throw, a whole new game throw it into Rapture like that would be so cool. So they're making another Bioshock. I don't know where they're going to do what they'll do with it, but that's the only thing. When I'm pl- and I while I'm playing, I'm just like oh this game looks great, but I wish it looked better. Which you know isn't really it doesn't really matter because the world is still super awesome and it it made me real like remember just kind of how much about control made me mad with it's like world building and, and stuff like that because like control didn't have the you know auto diaries and at the end of the day control you just play in a like in a uh like a office building mm-hmm. and so the world is just super boring and you ha- they had to rely on like text and stuff to make it interesting and if you didn't want to read that stuff or if the game chugged when you tried to read it then you you know just became shitty Mm-hmm. Whereas Bioshock, you could take away the audio diaries and still have a really super interesting world. But I love how you play them over. Like I like play one and then keep playing the game. Yeah. No. Yeah. Under underused feature. Yeah, I don't know why. Any why game I, that makes me stop and listen, I just instantly circle out. I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I'm the same way. <sighs> so good. So that's and I want to play Bioshock too. It's so good. Minerva's Den was lead designer was steve gainer and after that he did some mobile design of Bioshock infinite but then left to do gone home and once you know that the guy who did gone home was on minerva's den a lot of it clicks in you're like ah i can see the i can see it starting here uh really? it's really good yeah i, 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 I recommend home. it was a it was a free ps plus game so you definitely have it in your library so you should check uh, it out yeah no. easy platinum wait i don't know if it has platinum it has 100 or 1000 gamer score no, it has to have a platinum, because it has like twenty achievements. Let's see. Yeah, there you go. Gone. No, there's no platinum. I'm sorry, Steve. I lied ten, to you. Ten trophies. That's fine. They they are easy though, and they're fun, and it's a great game. I would recommend playing through because it's so short. Definitely do a playthrough like blind without the guide, and then go back and clean it up. Yeah, can't. Yeah, I do have it. Uh, yeah, isn't there a way to like? Can't you technically beat it in like? You can beat 10 it in, on. Yeah, yeah, not ten seconds. It's like the. It's like twenty seconds is the record. Cause once you know, like where, cause it's a whole bunch of like, like not cutscenes, but like audio diaries that like, play over you while you're doing stuff. Once you know where the last one is, you can just run there. But the way the levels are laid out and it like guides you through how you're supposed to experience the story is really brilliant. In my opinion, completed the game, having found all 24 journal entries with no modifiers enabled in less than 10 minutes is a trophy. That's the hardest one. But with a guide, I did it in like six, seven minutes. Oh really? Yeah. So all yeah, right. check out that one. But well, I've been playing probably after playing Bioshock 2 then. Good. And then don't play Infinite. Um, I dug out my PlayStation Vita for my trip this past week and jumped back into Persona 4 Golden. Because I've been playing through, like, my girlfriend and I played Catherine, and then we started Persona 5. But I never finished Persona 4 because I got stuck on this one. It's one of the very – it is the last, technically in quotes, dungeon in the game. And that was back in, like, 2017? And but I started. I'm looking at my PSN profile right now. I started playing the game in June 2013, <laughs> and I've been just slowly playing it. My save files at like 100 hours ever since then. And I want to finish Persona 4 Golden before my girlfriend and I finish Persona 5. And I'm on the last day. I, I'm pretty sure I'm on the last day. So I'm gonna probably beat that today. But it's a great game, and it was one of those games where. I had never heard of Persona before. It was one of those Podcast Beyond episodes. Where yeah. I think Greg Greg was talking about Persona 4 Golden. He was like, definitely check it out. Um, and so I just went over to Microplay like that afternoon, bought it, and I've just been playing it ever since 2013. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And the characters are so cute. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, and I've also been playing... The, the, only no, thing with Pers- the only thing with Persona 4, I played it. I didn't get that far into it. Like, I'm looking at my trophies, and I, I only got like it looks like two of the story-based trophies. Mm-hmm. But the one that, if there, like, isn't there a character that's sort of flamboyant and you kind of quote-unquote fix that? Like, that's the Persona part you fix or something? No, so it has a lot of issues, obviously. But, yeah, one of the characters is, like, openly, like... <laughs> the The premise is, like, he was raised in the Shadow World, and so he doesn't understand, like, social cues and stuff. Right. So he's, like, very in a lot of the girls faces and like what would be considered, I would say like a sexual her- sexually harassing way. Mm. And so like, yeah, there's that. And you know, there's a lot of issues in persona five too, as I'm replaying it, but yeah, the, the, you got to take it as the whole, you know, 
Yeah, and isn't uh, Persona Five like in like there's some sort of? Um, well, they patched out one of those scenes where you're in the city and like these two gay guys come up to you and like start harassing your friend. Yeah, and it's like, and it was kind of like the only gay guys in your game are like sexually predatory. It was like, eh. And we've talked about that before on the show. I think there's a very different culture around LGBT in Japan, and we see it in Japanese games versus I think. I think there's been a lot of progress in North American and European developed games. Yeah, but yeah that's like, definitely a part of it. Catherine was in the same thing, so I feel like every like a bunch of these Japanese games. Well, those are all Atlas. This is all one studio. So maybe it's just one guy at Atlas who just <laughs> just got a really. <laughs> no, it was definitely. I've seen it in other games too. Well, I th- I've I've been like I just sort of read the discourse before. I don't really try to like have a hard stance on it. I just see what you know whoever they've gotten to write in Polygon that week has got to say about it. But with Catherine, it was very much kind of like there's a trans character and the good ending is you fix her, which kind of like, eh. And then in Persona, it's like a lot of the gay characters are seen as like, they're like gross or creepy or predatory. And in Persona 5, it's kind of the same way. And there's also for a, for an RPG, there is no option because you're supposed to, like, you can name your main character and play through, you know, and you can date people, but it's it's only heterosexual options. Despite having, you know, lots of guy characters, like, that you can make, like, friendships with. Yeah. So, yeah. It's got a lot of that. But I'm finally going to beat it, and then I'm going to be Persona 5, and then I'm not going to get that new Persona remake they're doing. Royal? Royal without the... See, I always see Royale... With the E, but if there's no E, it's just Royal. I agree with that. I think that's right. Um, but I've also been playing The Division 2 because it was $4 on all platforms, but I got it on PC because my friend wanted me to play there. <sighs> I'm sorry. To, I was just wanted to see if we wanted to play together. I'm sorry. It, it's two ninety nine on the PS4, I think, or that might be US. But yeah, it's $4. I don't understand. Like, you look at the price, it's like normal sixty nine ninety nine. There's a slash through it, and that's like four dollars. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that's steep. So they they clearly want to either get a bunch of people in spending on the the cosmetics and stuff, or get people hooked and then buying the expansion passes because those are all still full price. Yeah, the lords in, or warlords in New York or something. Yeah, out. and there's there's one already out. I think question mark. Uh, I can't remember their their DLC is weird. I actually think like the DLC that. The year one stuff that came out, I think, like, it only gives you early access to stuff. Like, eventually mm. everything becomes free. But I think the Warlords in New York is actually legit. Like, okay. is locked or whatever. But I yeah. don't know. I, I didn't play. I played Division 2. I have it. I didn't play that much of it. It's one of those games that I have on my PS4 that I want to get back to. But I kind of just keep kind of playing other things. It's fine. It's a looter shooter. Or no. It, oh, there's this one youtuber i like called girlfriend reviews oh yeah and they do uh when she was trying to talk about i forget which game it was which it was a and it wasn't she didn't call looty looter shooter she called it looty look at the booty (laughs) which i thought was funny um yeah it's definitely one of those games and i i really have trouble caring a lot about micromanaging my inventory scrapping everything making sure i have the best gun comparing stats and it's all these guns like i don't care about like they're all just actual gun names um, you know, I like fun guns like Halo guns or stuff, but yeah, it, it's fine. A lot of the dialogue's kind of basic. Oh yeah, don't even listen to dialogue. What I so my thing with Division Two is I yeah I agree the gear is just boring. Like it's just boring what you're collecting, <clears throat> and so really what that game is to me is just sort of the cover based shooter, you know, RPG that I play and will listen to a podcast and just mm. play. Yeah, uh, I played with my friend and we just like essentially just talked over it. We were just like catching up. Yeah. Weren't really just like mowing down people, not really thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good social game, I'd say. Yeah, um, I actually don't think I played with anyone in that game ever. <laughs> that's so sad because you can play up to four, four, I think. I know, I just solo, solo through the whole thing. Huh. Uh, and of course, I've been playing Cartoon Network Matchland every day. Me too. Trying to get up to Slay the Spire. I'm at eight right now. And I've gotten to eight, and I've gotten to the ninth ring, and there's ten. Like, five times, and I haven't been able to get past the... No, I've gotten to the 10th one, like, four or five times. Haven't been able to get past it. I've been the 10th one maybe, like, two times, but usually... So you're, so you're on, like, the third spire? 
Well, but it refreshes though. Yeah, but it refreshes harder, and you like you get um, like if you get to ten, and then it refreshes. You're on one more, and everything's a little higher. So I'm on like the eighth ring of the spire. I didn't realize that. I yeah. I don't know. I have to double check. I know I've been it a couple times. Sometimes I don't get far at all. Just it depends on like the bonuses that you get. So basically, it's like a it's an event that happens in the game that uh, it's just different levels and and it it's only for like two days or something like that. And there's different like uh, XP boosts for your team, so you want to make a new team. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be like times two for frenemies and times three for reds. And if you don't really have that many good people to begin with with those with those traits, then like you don't really take advantage of the benefits mm-hmm. what i'm finding with the game is just evolving characters are just taking way too fucking long like it just, mm-hmm. yeah it i've hit that point it just takes forever like i got a new blue person today and i was just like i don't even want this dude because i don't have any like, thing to level them up with to, yeah exactly so mm-hmm. like, whatever but i'm still enjoying it yeah same i'm trying it's to one like, of those ones i've played like i played simpsons tapped out every day for like two years to and from school and this has sort of replaced that game for me. Or actually, I would say it was Simpsons Tapped Out, then Fallout Shelter, then this game. It's just one of those games, like, I just check in every day for, like, 30 minutes, an hour, and then check yeah. out. Yeah, I play, uh, there was a Walking Dead, like, RPG, like, uh, that I played for, like, three, two, three years. And I was even in, like, in a guild or whatever. It was the nerdiest shit ever. And uh, and eventually I just bounced from that. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Cartoon Network. You mentioned it like on one of the very first podcasts we did, and I doubt I've been playing it like pretty much every day since then. Also developed in Canada. Shout out to Chris Savory over in Vancouver and Tori Redding. I don't know if I got that last name right. Pixel artist, and there was one other person on the team. Race Cat Games. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't this reskin of like a game they made before? Yeah, they made one just called Matchland, and then he told me Cartoon Network approached them, and they're like, "How would you feel about making this with our characters?" And when Cartoon Network approaches you and wants to put Steven Universe in your game, you say yes. <laughs> so they did that. Um, and I hope they're working on something else because it's one of my favorite games probably ever. So I would definitely play another Race Cat game for every yeah. day for three years and not spend a cent on it. Sorry. But that's drop it for some, what I've been some playing. Money. I, I, I should eventually. I've at least dropped a little bit. Of, I've dropped, I think, 12 bucks on it. Whatever the I've optimal... Been way to get my guys leveled up if there's like a chest or something that would be honest that's the one reason why i haven't put more money into it because the thing i want the most is the is the is the things to evolve Mm -hmm. your dudes which you can't buy the only way to get them is in chess isn't is not even in chess it's just to do the it's just to oh yeah open the stores and open the stores yeah and Mm -hmm. so really you can you can refresh it with the um with gems Gems. or whatever Mm -hmm. but you would be spending a shit ton a of lot chances. yeah so i don't even need new characters i need to evolve the characters i already have so that's, mm-hmm. that's my problem but it's still a fun game i mean i've been playing agreed for like a year so <sighs> all right that's it for what we've been playing <laughs> add steve and i and jump in our dreams that sounds kind of creepy but oh we're we, well i invited you to a collaboration we're gonna make i do i haven't played it since i got it so we're, we're making, making a we're making a canadian game devs collaboration uh, yeah my friend and i are making a ba- basketball game so oh sick is it 2D or 3D? Uh, 3D. Oh, and oh. to be fair, he's making most of it. Because <laughs> cool. I haven't really... I'm You're playtesting. Like You're QA testing. He's playing... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gaining in the industry. There you go. Um, that's it for this episode, number 131, of the com podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running, again, you can back us at patreon.com slash devs for early access to the show, special channel on our Discord, key giveaways, discounts for tickets for events, um, and our undying gratitude. Uh, we'd like to thank our top patrons here at the end of the episode. So big shout out to Aaron McLeod, Cody Cormier, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Kai Hutchins, M5 Games, Nav from Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, check out Lost Orbit, Terminal Velocity on Switch, and Slaughter, Neko. <sighs> All right, that's it. If you could please rate and review us on iTunes, we'd really love your feedback. Give us a rating as long as it's five stars or four. I'd take a four. Um, and let us know what you think of the show and it, what you'd like to see improved, um, unimproved. That's not really a thing. But let it give us your feedback. Uh, and again, hop in our Discord. We're, we're always hanging out, looking for things to add to our wish list this segment, um, talking to people about games, um, talking about politics, talking about game development, hashtag ask a game dev, new channel on our Discord. Um, debating GIF versus GIF, which I'm so sick of. I, I'm, I'm over that. 
You know what else I'm really tired of? What are you tired of, Steve? All these fucking tweets that are out where it's just like, if you earned $5,000 every second since the birth of Christ, you would have less money than these really rich people. Like, I'm so tired of seeing these things. Oh, you don't like the rice one? Have you seen where they do piles of rice and every rice is like a million dollars? Oh my god. No, but I'm (laughs) sure, like... I get it. They're rich. I get They're it. Super I'm poor. Rich. They shouldn't be that rich, and I'm never going to be that rich. But I'm Bernie so 2020. Hashtag oh feel God. the burn. Bernie's going to take all their money. Yeah. He's going to do a marginal tax rate. People don't understand marginal tax rates, but that's not the point of this episode. Bernie's going after the right people. I hate the pharmaceutical industry so much. They're fucking mm-hmm. They Shout out to Jug Meat and Justin trying to work on some pharmacare. I would be hype. There you go. Yeah. Insulin should be free. Um... Yeah, thank you for joining us, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Got really socialist here at the end. Uh, if you want to find you online, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, Stephen L. Crane on Twitter, I believe, is my thing. And on Instagram, where I post things about my daughter and video games and sports. Um, but Canadian Game Does is where I want you to go, so go there. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Riley, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-R-E-I-L-O-I. I post Bernie memes in video game stuff. Um, yeah. And of course, find our work at KennyGameDevs.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, join our discord written review and have a great week. Bye. Yeah.